Surreal Saturdays, the show where we bring you everything fabulous and surreal. We are your delightful disruptors. I am the artist D. And I am Ada Selena. Hi. Hi. How are you? After uh, four months, we are back. We are back with our seasonal uh, surrealness, (laughs) as uh, we have now evolved into. So welcome to spring, finally. Springtime, springtime morning, kind of, yeah. It's been like, now it's just hot for me. It's cold today. I'm still up on the mountain. And so, yeah, we had one hot day. And <laughs> it's wavering, wavering. Yes. And hot was 75 degrees. I was like, oh my God, it's so hot. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, it's kind of, it's, it's up and down. Here we have like 50 springs. Oh, that's yeah. poetic. So there's like, there's like the first spring. And then there's the second spring and then there's like the maybe it's spring and then there's like it feels like summer and then it's winter again and then it's <laughs> so, yeah, like, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like our summers <laughs> summer followed by summer and then a light <laughs> summer but uh blossoms have blossomed leaves are coming out on the trees and so that's exciting so it is. It is. I'm. I'm just here, uh, marinating in sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists. Oh, marinating. Marinating. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- yeah marinating in the that. new normal. I've been hearing that's going around. Yes. Um. Yes. Uh, <laughs> apparently, um, we had a rocket ship. Oh. Unexpectedly disassemble <laughs> is the word that I guess we don't say it blew up. Is that what they're saying now? It disassembles. Said, yeah, it's there's a they've they've created a speaking of sociopaths, they've created a, a term that is apparently um unexpectedly that does sound it sounds very much like the world we're living in though it's like everyone just calmly said it has unexpectedly disassembled in flight exactly it didn't blow up it just and apparently it was a big success that they're very all very happy with the result of it not blowing up except for the blew up man what are we doing? <laughs> so yeah, it's just true. I, I and then I heard that that uh, fellow with the terms uh, went and took everyone's blue check mark away this last week. Oh. Well, I've been off the twit, you know. <laughs> I have also I have um, privatized my twit. Um, like I made it private, like I, like, um, friends only. You can, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you can be a, a friends only, uh, locked down account. Um, I have not posted for a while and I did download, like when all the, the muckety muck was starting with Twitter, I downloaded my stuff. I don't know what difference or why, but I did since it was like 12 years of stuff. But now I've gone to, I removed the profile and I just locked it. Um, I went through the friends list and just kind of like took all the 
the non-friends off, and I'm I'm not sure. I just like everybody else who's had it forever. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to get rid of it, but I don't want to get rid of it. It's near and dear to all of our hearts who were actually involved with. Oh, it's very sad. It's horrible. It really I... was a great device. Like oh, <sighs> really? Like news yeah. and news oh. too. Like on my phone, I'd get actual news from Twitter before the news, and it's more real. And now you don't. Now you get things about I don't know country folk. Yeah, I have not in months. I occasionally check in and see people have tagged me in something, and that's about it. I am I'm not engaging really with it at all. Um, it's yeah, it's very sad the whole um, the whole way it's gone, and I think it's very sad that he has the ability to do something like that. Um, to something that, you know, the world has become so involved in. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, total. I, I don't even understand, like, I don't even understand how he can launch a rocket and blow it up at this point. Because his whole, I don't understand how he has any kind of reputation with anybody right. that is supporting his activity at this point. Um, there seems to be like this other there's like multiple realities and there seems to be this reality for sociopaths and they all continually keep supporting each other i it's the socio I club the socio club i don't know i mean no. i don't um because i don't think that honestly, we're allowed to launch rockets are we i don't think we are <laughs> well i mean Can Trump we? <laughs> I mean, Trump is still out there roaming around and, you know, Musk is doing his thing. And I mean, Fox is kind of being held accountable now, finally. Um, but, you know, yeah, there's definitely um, this strange world that they seem to move in and they do seem to support and protect each other to some degree and i kind of wonder like when they're out and about in the world is there like a little i feel like they they can recognize each other mm. you know i feel like they yeah. they do recognize each other out in the world and kind of do this like oh yeah i'll i'll deal with you cuz i can tell you're one of us kind of yes. thing and i wonder how like and I think you mentioned this before. I, I definitely think these people are very aware of what they're doing on a certain level, but also very much kind of gaslighting themselves on another level. So the idea of what it is, like how they perceive what they're doing is interesting. And it's like, do they understand? Yes. That is my burning question. Well, I know they do to some degree because of my own personal experiences. So I, I know there is a certain awareness, but it's like when one meets another out in the wild and goes, oh, yes, you, we're going to do our thing. Um, like, what is that experience of them? Like, how do they are? How are they like going? Oh, I recognize this other person is like me and I'm therefore going to have business dealings with them. Yeah, it's, it's like they, you know, they prance around each other and, and sniff like in the wild <laughs> and somehow they're getting the sociopathic signals. 
But yes, it has been a mystery to me forever because I've, I've been in those circles. However, maybe that's my problem is I'm not one of those people. So even when I'm invited to the party, they know better. But like you get in and you think you're comfortable with people and you're just waiting for them to start rubbing their hands together, Dr. Evil style and say, yes, we're doing this thing. But all I see is they really believe that craziness that they really think that they can launch rockets and, and like take check marks away and that it means something and well it is i mean i will and not, say my... not show up for subpoenas i can add absolutely <laughs> well absolutely i mean based on my own direct experience of these types of people in my own life and and watching that happen from the inside it is we're watching it play out on the public stage because it's identical um and the tactics are identical and even the the weird glee and obsession again like the blue check marks this weird like who cares yeah. but they care they mm -hmm. this is what they they get off on this is what what gets them up in the morning i don't know um there also seems to be uh one of those things like um not sleeping very much oh yeah that's true being a very early riser yeah. and i'm not saying all people who are insomniacs or sociopaths <laughs> or anything like you know there are people who just get up yes. early which is fucking insane but yeah. uh there those people exist i understand but there there also does seem to be kind of this um this burnt this like need to always be doing it's, something it's ravenous you know? is what i see ravenous, ravenous. yeah that's what gets them up in the morning and that's why I've tried to get, I can't get up in the morning to save my life. And that's why it's like, because <laughs> my brain says you can do ravenous things. And I'm like, I'm no. going to sleep. No, I, I would rather not. Um, and that's, that is, the th it's like that game they're playing. They've got to get right back up and jump right back in and just keep that machine rolling ravenously. Well, it's true. And I think for the rest of us who are just not driven in that way, we are just not willing or interested in doing these behaviors and participating in this. So these people are naturally, to some degree, gravitating to these positions of power within our society um, because nobody else wants to live like nobody else is really interested in that. But then for some reason, there's a, enough people that are very glamorized by this character, these characters mm -hmm. that they get kind of intoxicated by them. You're saying these people are ravenous and then they, the followers sort of are intoxicated by their field. Shall and, we say. and those people, those, the, the followers can't operate on that level either. So they're like, well, this dude can, and he's like at it all the time. So clearly he must be totally functional and know what's going on. Right. Because all Instead, they can do is not do right. that. You know? Instead of recognizing it, in fact, as a, a force of evil, yeah, um, they are seeing it as a force of good. Essentially, they're assigning a morality to it. Um, that says this is good when in fact if you actually uncover it it's actually really evil and that's kind of like with the seraphim rising we had this legend of the lord prophet 
And that is kind of an allegory, uh, an allegory for everything that we're talking about. And this Lord Prophet um, had the ability to cast this glamorous spell over the people and essentially turn everything into its opposite, you know, so that um, anything that um, they would normally be repulsed by or afraid of was instead very attractive. And, you know, just the whole ability to assess reality gets completely distorted and disturbed um, under that gaslight. And so, um, and yeah, and there's a lot of different, you know, metaphors and ways to come at it. Um, but essentially, you know, I think as we've talked about many times in our show, we're talking about a dominator, oppressor-based society where you have people with this control and that inherently attracts a certain type of person that would want that kind of power um, and to treat people that way because a lot of people and perhaps probably most people actually aren't unless they're conditioned into that they're actually not interested in you know abusing their community and with twitter alone the statistics there i mean i talked about it on other shows uh, about the uh, when it was popular that it really was only a four percent population of like the united states was on twitter and and same with like globally, like it's just a small handful of people, even though it was a lot of people. But he just bought this thing where that it was it was the world because that's what he was using. Because that's where we are right now. Is we're we stick our head in this machine, and we think this is it. And it's same with, same with our the sides of things, the right, the left. You know, they stick their head in those, and that's all that exists. Absolutely. And uh, I think he, you know, and they want they want to, um, I think Musk absolutely wanted to take that power and take that control away and say, you you know, you don't get to um, as much as they're all about so-called free speech. All they're trying to do is suppress uh, the liberties of all of these people. Um <clears throat> And I mean, not that that the U.S. has anything to any kind of like position to come from. But I mean, the fact that he has the South African lineage is just kind of like, could you make this? I mean, could you like that would be if you were writing this as a fictional story, you would feel like that was grotesquely obvious choice to make in terms of character development. You'd be like, oh, he's going to be from South Africa and he's going to be this guy. And it's like you wouldn't you write it would be too much. You wouldn't write that because it would just seem like, you know, that's too too hard to believe. Exactly. And it's like, no, that's this guy. And we have takes, turned, like, all across the board, that's what we've turned into with between Trump and Musk. And it's like these bad, really bad characters. Yeah. Uh, we're all, I don't know, we're, we've all turned into some really cliche characters. Well, and it seems like the more people do, I mean, obviously a lot of people do not care for for this at all, but it seems like you don't need that many people to support you um, to, you know, wield a fair amount of power. As and for some reason, loud. for some reason, the more these people go in this direction, the more 
people will support them. And when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I couldn't believe uh, how blind people were, you know, and I'm looking at these adults and I'm just thinking they're, they're so um, caught up in their thing. And I think these sociopaths, you know, they really know how to push buttons. They actually aren't that adept at many things. But what they do know how to do is to, again, run that con. And they do know how to size people up to a certain degree. And they do know how to run a, a certain kind of game. And it is extremely powerful when you're in it. when Because, you know, oh, yeah. it's one thing to talk out here. When you're face-to-face -face in a room with a person and you're actually having to engage in real time and these people are in your life and they influence your life and they know your same friends or they're in your family, um, what can seem obvious from afar, some, you know, becomes a lot more complicated all of a sudden when they're actually in your life. And so I think all of these people affected by Musk and Trump and anybody else, again, these people are in they're in it you know and it's it's um it's their livelihood it's their social scene there there are so many factors makes me think about the feeling it's something i've always thought about and it's the feeling of having your face against the wall or the window <laughs> either one <laughs> if you get really close to the wall with your face like that's all you got, but that's the feeling of what's happening to people is they like left or right, liberal, not liberal. We, we get really caught up into things and I'm seeing it and it kind of leads us down the rabbit trail here of our, our topic, but just the people who are within even the left and they're just getting really caught up in the wokeness, the sensitivity, the snowflakeisms, and I say all those things in a, in a non-negative uh, way. I, I don't mean it like that. I mean it that we've set up this new structure in our 21st century. Because as a teenager, and I posted last night on the Facebook about this, and, I, and then I'll take it down because I do that every day with Facebook now. Post and take down. Post and take down. I like that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's, that's a whole other topic. But that's that, all I can I, handle that, right now. That's um, but, <laughs> but, but they, as a teenager, I thought all of our problems would be solved if we had 65 labels for gender. And you could call yourself whatever the hell you wanted to. And you could walk around looking like however the hell you wanted to. And in a lot of places, at least most cities in the United States, you can now do that. And socially, we're now calling ourselves a lot of different genders and a lot of different things, but it actually seems to have made things worse and made people hurt more about not being gendered the way they want to be gendered or labeled the way they want to be labeled. I think there's a lot of, I don't know, we get caught up in ourselves a lot, a lot of those, those structures. Well, yeah, and so we talked about this at one point that the problem with revolution <laughs> is that, of course, we are defining ourselves relative to the oppressed, the oppressor, the oppressor's narrative, okay? So we are revolting 
you know, we have to fight for our civil rights because our civil rights are not granted under this narrative of whatever it happens to be. And so then we, the oppressed, have to rise up and fight against the oppressor's narrative. But in so doing, the irony is that we are validating the narrative. We are validating its existence. This is the trap. This is why this episode is called You Can't Win. This is it. It's a trap. It's always a trap. Just watch Star Wars. (laughs) Okay? It's a trap because you are now... The reason it gets so confusing is because the defense that you assert to what I'm going to term a sociopathic system, an individual or a system that is oppressive is sociopathic. So the defense that you then mount towards that individual or that system is triggered by their position in the first place. And they don't give a shit about your defense. In fact, your defense means you are in fact playing their fucking game. Validating the whole thing. It's so fucked up. And now it's not to say that the revolution isn't valid, okay? It is totally valid and totally necessary, but set that aside for a moment because you have to get into some very strange states of mind in order to escape this trap because this trap is uh, it's everything it is itself it is its opposite it is the oppression it is the the oppressor you're dealing with two sides of the same coin so my entire life's work my absolute artist statement 100 percent that defines everything i do who i am as a person is very simple you cannot fight the system and win (laughs) you just can't it's not possible you have to walk away you have to go no contact just like you would with an individual who is sociopathic who is oppressing you you cannot have a relationship with that person it is impossible this is the same thing on every level. Now we don't have that choice. We have to engage. We have to have revolution. We have to do all this shit. Like I'm not saying we don't. We do have to do it, but this is the important point. If you believe that this is all there is and that you are only fighting the system from within, you have already lost. You have to understand that you have to fight it also on a totally different level that is completely outside all of it. And you have to maintain multiple points of view at the same time that are actually true because you cannot stand in any absolute position when dealing with this because the position you're standing in, you're only standing there because you are fighting an oppressor. This is why nothing ever works out. <laughs> exactly. 
You get this is the reason. It's, it's such a human nature thing where because humans can't, we cannot, especially collectively, focus like like that. Like we need to focus because we fight. You get into that fight, and then you're literally you're fighting. You're revol- It's a revolution. It's really difficult, and slowly you overtake the other side. But you're overtaking them, and you become the other side, and then you adapt to their structure. And that's why all those stories have the same thing of like the good guy wins, and then I mean Star Wars. Hello, <laughs> the good guy wins, and then the good guy becomes the bad guy because they adapted to the bad guy's structure because they wanted to be king. And then you have the same freaking problems. Let's just take a moment and appreciate this. For- <laughs> yes, take that in. So, well, no, so this absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, this is my opinion completely. This uh-huh. is what I've studied. And um, uh, I think this is absolutely the way it is. And coming back to do they know what's going on? in in a certain way absolutely do they know that this is what's going on absolutely do they know that if they keep you participating whether they don't care if you're happy if you're angry if you hate them that's fine with them you're giving them all your attention and your energy they don't need you to like them you're still a paying member you're still a subscriber. You are still, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, you know, that's, and then we're seeing that with social media and the feeding on, on all of this negative energy. No, they, they absolutely know that if you're still playing, that you're still clueless. Uh-huh. That's the key. That if you're still playing, then they know that you aren't really woke yet. Because there is a real woke level. And that is what was always being referred to yeah. by woke. Exactly. That was oh, yeah. that was real woke. Well, that's that why they're thrilled. They're thrilled that now it's a normal word. That it's that woke means something completely that it did not mean. Way no, what we sh- and I'm seeing people do this, which is great. Educating on what woke really is and where it comes from and actually how important it is and fundamental it is um is so important because it brings you you're right back out of the system then that's what they hate you're like oh no i i know what that means i live my life by that i have lived my life by that for a very long time i understand what people mean when they say that and i i'm not living in some I'm not confused by it. I know it because I've lived it. And, um, and yeah, that's what they, they do not want as my favorite poet, John Trudell said, they do not want clear, coherent people who really know what's going on. They want engagement with the narrative, whatever it is, love it, hate it, fighting it, whatever. But if you actually achieve liberation, they got nothing. Mm-hmm. They got absolutely nothing. That is game. That's that's yeah. the real game over. There's, There's no winning the game. There's just ending it. And it's always that distraction. I mean, we're talking about, like right now, drag queens versus guns. I mean, it's just everybody's worried about the drag queens. Everybody's worried about the books. Nobody talks about the actual 
<laughs> thing, but there's always something, and we have, we, the people that know it, or those people that learn it and figure it out, have such little time to make the change, so there's very little chance before the next generation comes along, the dummies that they always are every generation, until they figure it out, and that's, that's what they're hoping, is that they just keep going back to that human nature. Well, exactly. You got to keep the job nine to five, keep them busy, um, keep them working, keep them confused, uh, keep the system going because it's about the it's about the ideology. And I do think that translates from like the individual sociopath to the systemic uh, sociopathic nature is that. Um, it's an it is an ideology. It's it's like an obsession. I think the individual doesn't, for whatever reason, know how to live any differently. Right. Um, but they are, you know, totally committed to this this way of existing. And the system is the same thing. Where we are totally committed to um, whatever we want to call it, capitalism or fascism or communism. Personally, I think they're all just different versions of the same thing. And that's, again, another very convenient way to keep us all hooked in. We got capitalism, we got communism. These things are not as different as we like to think they are, you know, and they don't really address. They both kind of are looking at the, the equation from within. It's just an economic system of governance. You know, they don't get they're not actually expanding the point of view in terms of what it means to be human. OK, so the workers own the means of production or the capitalists own the means of production. What the fuck the means of fucking production? Like, again, like we're we're, you know, just completely in this myopic fishbowl of uh, ideological thinking uh, about what it is to be a human being and how we should even exist on this planet. And so if you actually then try to come at this situation from a completely other point of view of saying like, well, you know, uh, we could conceive of our existence from a totally different perspective. And then they're like, well, you're insane or you're utopitarian or you're this. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm very practical. I'm very grounded. I don't believe in any, you know, utopia. Um, but I know when people are full of shit and when people are lying to me, which they're doing all the goddamn time, I mean, it's just what it is. And so I don't know, like people, people that can really see through it, um, kind of trip those people out is all I can say. They are they are used to um, being very effective. It trails back to our art versus the art of others, the the popular the uh, mainstream art. I mean, kind of have been talking about that for ever. Uh, and with for culture and and I always talked about the underground and older people used to tell me the underground doesn't exist, but my underground existed, and that was that's like that is another repetitive thing. And if you ask me now, the underground is dead. There is no underground. But if I talk to a fifteen year old, they'd probably be like, "No, alive and well." And we've given our all, and those others, the sociopaths, who have made it, and even the 
artistic ground organic you know the very authentic artists or the or so we thought they were they seem to still hone this into a, a little happy bucket for people uh instead of giving it all like you know we're just wow ah, we're all all over the place we're artists we're fabulous but these other folks at the top making money were like no we just we took the good pieces of these people less crazy and we're gonna give them to all the people and then all the people are like oh my god it's so simple i love you oh my gosh this nicely packaged yes. revolution yeah yes <laughs> it's so convenient it's so convenient so well easy. i had i finally you know i grew up around the whole new age thing mm. and at a certain point of examination i was like oh oh i've got it the new age it's a trap <laughs> so you've got all these people you know you had the civil rights movement you had the psychedelic movement you know this really was a very real thing you know it's all very cliche and hippie and boomer now but this shit was very fucking real when it was happening and it was absolutely a cultural revolution and and um powerful powerful impact and everything that we the privileges that we have today are absolutely a result of that. And um, what better way to fix that um, is to essentially turn the new, you know, the revel, you know, the new age and any kind of people who are seeking and finding a way out into just this little feedback funnel. So I'm like, oh yeah, all these cult leaders, all this, all this crap. It, it seems like you're getting out of the system, but all it is is just this little, you know, it's like yeah. one of those flow charts where it's like, if you blah, 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 turn left. <laughs> if you blah, 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 turn right. Blah, 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 go back to right, you know? Uh -huh. So it, this is like, if you are alternative and you don't like the mainstream, then you go left. And then if you blah, 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 then you go right. And it just funnels yes. you basically right back oh, where you started. And we're, and we're like trying to erase the arrow. And people are like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, and, and again, these, these people that occupy these leadership positions, these gurus, all seem to be more attractive to people if, they, if they're more recognizable. And if they're more recognizable, that means they're more like the system that you're coming from in the first place. So people have a tendency to want to find alternative truths from people who are essentially not giving them much of anything, that are just giving them the illusion of escape. Because it, like they, they, it looks like they won over the system. It's very convenient. And so then, because that's an attractive thing, that attracts all the sociopaths because we're like oh this is this is the greatest con going right here all i have to do is adopt this identity and say i'm an anarchist or say i'm a native american or say i'm a shaman or say i'm a yoga teacher or whatever the fuck it is and all these people will be like oh yeah 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 but it doesn't mean they have figured anything out but I get why it's so hard to tell because actually figuring things out under these conditions is unrecognizable. It's totally unrecognizable. And in fact, I think mostly the people are not trying to find somebody who's figured things out at all. They just want something that appeals to them. 
Like they're not actually like no. they want to join a cult yes. is what I'm saying. Well, like and they yeah. kind of are like okay, oh, yeah. they're like yes, I just want a cult that this oh, yeah. I want blueberry or I want <laughs> strawberry or I want whatever. I just want to be able to wear these pants yes. and have this haircut yes. and and it's not it's not actually that's why all these people get to take credit for all this stuff and have all these people falling around because it's just so convenient yes. it's so conveniently packaged and like what you were saying reality true expression true understanding is just not that fucking convenient oh no amen <laughs> <laughs> So much there, yes, <laughs> and that's usually where I lose people. And I've I've actually been going through some with this with someone now is like because I get I get a lot of normal folks coming through my my doors here, and you know they like they like what they see and they like what they're hearing, but then it's like oh, but that's really fucking hard. It's and it's going to the human nature we're born with. We're just these innocent loving souls uh, in my opinion we all all we don't want to be born into a war we don't want to be born into fighting we hope that we can just be these happy children with these loving hearts and that's where it goes wrong because as children we're kind of given that illusion depending on your child and then you get here and you're like, what? No, but the white picket fence and the marriage and the prince and the, it all sounded so good and so easy. And it was love. So they're always like combating that or battling that within themselves their entire lives with, wow, it, these people do sound like, like they're right, but God damn, that sounds really hard. So where's my Prince Charming? Where's the, the happiness? You nailed it. Mm -hmm. It's love. I mean, that's the bottom line is the total corruption of love. That's the ultimate way to gain power and control and run a system that nobody would volunteer to participate and nobody would continue. And it is absolutely that corruption, uh, fundamental corruption of love. And that has been, yeah, my entire life's work, my whole reason for living is that phenomenon, understanding it, overcoming it to the best of my ability, which I never will. There's no way I will never heal. Right. That's what the new age says. The new age says we can, we can heal you. You can recover to some degree, but you will never be who you would be if this had not been done to you and you have to grieve that yes. if you actually want to get to the other side, if you actually are ready and willing to do that, whatever the fuck that is, right. you have to be willing to do that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. What's the point in fighting all of this? I don't know. I don't have the ability not to. Don't to. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's this what I'm thinking is life. <laughs> I, I was thinking while we were talking that that's why we're not sociopaths because try as I may and I'm sure you have as well <laughs> throughout time especially with art we have tried we've had that discussion we've tried to package ourselves I could I mean to this day like I could be so much we both could probably be so much richer and famous there and if we could just package, but we can't. 
I, I'm still coming on this show with you and saying all this stuff with you. <laughs> it's just it's who we are. It's the underground, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding it down. Yes, we just um, can't just, physically do I mean, that. I remember when the idea of saying people are selling out became mm-hmm. totally passe and nobody <laughs> wanted to hear it. And it's like, yeah, but it's a real thing. And there, and it comes with a price. And I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. I mean, everybody has to make their own choice and navigate their own life. But it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And it does come with a price because you are now, your success is defined by the system. And I have watched it just destroy people from the inside out. And that is just all there is to it. Uh, it's an it's empty, and I don't mean empty like the Buddhist emptiness. I mean empty, as in there is nothing there. That's the whole con. They're selling you something that doesn't fucking exist. And if we didn't participate in it, it would literally cease to exist. We are feeding it. We are the ones volunteering. And I understand it's under duress. I understand that if I stop paying my rent, I will get kicked out. I get that the system is very real on the ground right now. But in the grand scheme of things, in the truest truth of reality, it is a shell game. There is nothing there. There is absolutely nothing there. And... um, that's really difficult to get people to admit that um, because they, like you said, they their identity, doesn't matter whether they're liberal or conservative, doesn't matter whether they're trans or straight or whatever, all of our identities are rooted in this. This is our, our, our you know, foundation for life, our, our sense of meaning, our sense of purpose, our sense of love is totally wrapped up in this, which is why you can't win. (laughs) You can't win. Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. There, you, you can't, you have to, if you really, really want liberation, you have to let go of it all. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Cannot. And the older you, you go, the harder it is. Because it's, it's just like, estab- I mean, it's establishing your life for real. Um, but even in this fake, you know, you get the job, you get the house and the car and the everything. And then somebody asks you to move across the country. You're like, well, I have all this stuff now. And yeah. it's so much easier when we didn't have all that stuff. That was that's why we're such rebellious creatures when we're younger but the older we get it's like gosh and then when somebody who hasn't realized anything that we have said and they're like 60 and they're like well shit i'm 60. you want me to change now yes i would actually (laughs) but yes that's hard it's so hard to pull back the curtain and see the wizard and decide you know you're actually going to do something about it instead of just put the curtain back as they keep doing well, we would have a lot more ability to cooperate and take, you know, real power if um, we weren't so 
I mean, I think it is interesting that like the whole new age thing and the whole meditation thing was very focused on ego mm. and you know, breaking the ego because there's a lot of truth to that. You know, the way our, our, what we call ego, our sense of self, our sense of, of fulfillment is now totally conditioned in this uh, way and we find it very difficult to let go of it. You know, we, okay. we are very attached to all of this entertainment and luxuries. And even beyond that, it's like we're very attached to this state of mind. We're very attached to this hierarchy, again, to this. Not everybody's a full on sociopath, but I think most people are a bit proto um, to fit into the society, it's kind of required. And so there is that ravenousness, that that need to feed, that always comes back around. And I did come to that conclusion kind of about 10 years ago. And I told uh, the, I don't know what to call him now, the person who other people, the person formerly known as my father, how about that? <laughs> I did tell the person formerly known as my father that it really all came down to addiction. Mm. That at the end of the day, this entire mechanism is essentially identical to addiction. Right. And that that's what we're dealing with. And that if you go into meditation or you go practice Taoism or whatever modality you try to go down and you do your yoga, um, if you are not really looking at the mechanisms that are functioning right now. That's the problem with all these systems is they have all these mythologies and they come from different periods of time and they can be helpful. There's a lot of interesting stuff there, but if you're not actually looking at what's happening like now in the present moment and actually looking at what that is and understanding it, then you're just making up another story essentially. Oh. And that's very convenient um, because addicts love to make up a story and project what's going on onto something else and to, again, further that dependency. And again, dependencies work to a point. It's kind of like I say, going insane when you're in an insane situation is the only rational thing to do. So, and so, of course, we're demonizing addicts when it, literally they are actually doing the very oh. thing that the system is demanding of so-called addicts, you know, the, the addicts that don't keep up appearances. That's all we're saying, you know, um, the addicts who might push it far enough that they might actually break something, they might break, break it down. Um, because when you're really trapped in that system, to some degree, going insane, breaking yourself, sometimes you have to do some pretty extreme things in order to, to dismantle that. And when you when you're dismantling your identity, you're going through a phase where you have no identity. That's a very dangerous place to be. It's very it's very dangerous. You don't necessarily survive this journey, and not everybody's really up for it because um, it is dangerous. And I kind of used to feel that way about a lot of the new age stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, I think people should, you know, have awakenings. I think. 
but you got, you got to be really careful. This is not, this isn't a game. It's far more They're serious. Getting, you know? Yeah, this isn't a game. And people have gone through some very real shit and very real trauma. And you don't just start messing with that without any respect for the fact that if these people start to become more aware of the condition they're in, they may not be prepared to handle that and they may not have anywhere to go. There's no way out of the system. And if you actually really awaken to that, that's an extremely traumatic experience. And so I think that while all of this is going on, I think that, again, it's kind of an ego trip to even try to wake people up on a certain level is part of the problem. That's true. (laughs) Very true. And I was thinking a lot of the, like, statistically, most of the population is submissive in some way. they they prefer to be that way, and the 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 top you know certain percentage are those of us who are the strong willed, the ego, the sociopaths. But I guess we're we're all mixed there. But yes, trying and then we looking we are looking out and helping these other people. But yeah, you have to think about their sensitivity levels because they are able to break more. Like, I mean, we've been through a lot of shit, but we're, we're of, made of such stuff that we just didn't break in that way. But literally, it's the onion. I was thinking about that also during that explanation was there's just such so many levels to this onion of addiction. And it goes so deep. I mean, they're, all, they're already addicted to food and soda and cheesecake and cigarettes. I mean, th- that's like keeping them on a leash anyway and then we're asking them to get rid of get rid of that and get rid of all the other things and get rid of drugs and uh don't be led by alcohol and then oh yeah don't be led by the structure in which you were born into and think is actually real and is a trap and oh by the way and by the way you can't win yes Well, that's where the original Star Wars, I think, was kind of great, because I think that there was like that that came through in the very first Mm. Star Wars, that these people were these. I mean, yeah, at the end, they kind of they kind of won. But I felt like the fact that they were losers was kind of very, very clear also that this was not. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the original I feel like they I mean. Everybody's going to hate me for this. Honestly, they really should have just stopped at the first one. I'm going to totally digress right now, but like the first movie was great. The other ones all have their merits and are exploring different things, but um, but yeah, the first one was kind of just um, had its merits. They probably just should have stopped there, but that's true of most franchises. And and most, (laughs) most stories like that, and that was why from birth I was always rooting for the bad guy because they weren't the bad guy they're never they're rarely are they the bad guy i mean skeletor and he-man it's a cool dude he was just hurting he was just hurting was he i don't remember i can't remember that much about i've watched he-man but i i can't really remember that much about that too it was that was my my major obsession as a child but but i mean even in the comparison you have he-man the the beautiful muscular blonde 
Sexy man, muscular man, okay. and then Skeletor, someone who's like lost his fucking skin. Right. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I, that must yeah. be painful just living in that existence. So he had his reasons for being, you know, a jerk. Well, I hear you. And I think that everybody does. I mean, I think that's, you know, coming back to the, the sociopath, these are not happy people. These people aren't happy. No, These are no, not no. people who are enjoying. Like you do, no, you look no. at Trump and think no. this man's enjoying his life. You know, no. um, they are very sad characters, and I think that having a certain kind of compassion for that—that that is very carefully guarded—is mm. uh, very valid um, because I think it is important to understand how disturbed and unfortunate these people are no. that almost turning them into too much of an evil. It's like, it's, again, we put evil on a pedestal. Oh, they're so evil. They're actually not. That's convenient for us yes. to, to let us off the hook that these people are so evil. He's no, bad, they're just stupid <laughs> fucked up people. Like they're not actually. Yeah. Right. We, we've put everything on a pedestal, including evil, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, because they, they actually are just, you know, kind of pathetic. And I think having a certain kind of compassion for that is very important. Yeah. And the, um, the pain that they truly, I mean, just, just explaining it without, I'm, I don't want to be sensitive and too compassionate to that, but the pain that they're in psychologically, uh, especially the older that they get, I mean, that we're seeing it both with with elon and trump i mean they're getting older especially trump he's like you know 70s or whatever so like the anger that must be <laughs> broiling that you got to some place and i i see it more in elon with like wait a minute i came up with this awesome car and i'm launching rockets and you guys aren't erecting statues so i'm going to take away your twitter I mean, well, it makes true. perfect it's, sense. So. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't end well. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I'm. I don't. I don't think that having compassion for somebody does not mean you excuse no. their behavior. No. And I think that gets very confused no. in the whole forgiveness thing. No. I've just like given up on that word. We're just not even going to touch yeah. that word, forgiveness because that's been so convoluted. We don't need, mm. as a Buddhist, I say I can have compassion mm. towards everybody's condition, but having compassion for somebody does not mean I excuse their behavior. Perfect. They have, they're choosing to do what they do for whatever reasons they are acting on that behavior. And I have to behave accordingly as well. That's, you know, being compassionate towards myself. Um, so again, I do think sociopaths have absolutely co-opted just about everything, religion, philosophy, spirituality, you name it. And it's very easy to just change a word here and a word there and you just tweak it just so slightly and it sounds really good. And yet um, it totally corrupts um, the meaning. And this is what we're talking about when we're talking about good versus evil, which everybody's very worked up about, it seems. Evil is corruption. That is what evil is. It's corruption. And and it doesn't take much. It's just a little tweak right here that just says, oh, okay, I can own another person and that's okay. Um, it, it doesn't take much, um, but it, it just doesn't make it true. 
period. It just doesn't. You know, you can justify oppressing people from dawn till dusk, 24-7. It does not make it true, ever. And that's the problem. You can justify it, you can play the game, you can get money in the bank, you can do all this stuff, and then you're 60, and then you're 70, and then you're 80, and you're just a fucked up asshole. And that is who you are, and you will never get away from that. And you don't need God to tell you that when you die, because you know it. It's there for you no matter what you believe. I've seen it. There we've got it. <laughs> there we have it lost in a microculture of weaponized love weaponized love exactly and it's really truly sad it's really truly sad because it's there for people who are malicious but it's also there for people who are sincere and never get it because the conditioning is brutal they, go, they want to get it. And they're actually really nice people. Um, but they are, they don't see it, you know, and I've watched this in my own life. And this is how I validate my work. I, I don't know everything. I haven't seen it all. But there are certain pillars that are pretty universal right now. And I have watched those pillars in my own life up close. I have seen them in action. I have seen them when they're dying. And I have watched them play this stuff out. And I can say, you know, essentially rather definitively from that observation that this is just what it is. It's not a philosophy. It's not an ideology. It's not a belief system. It's literally what is happening because of what has happened and how it plays out. And I've watched sincere people go to their death, never getting it because they are the oppressor. That was their lot. They didn't choose it. They just were born into that. And that is what they inherited. And they spent their whole life trying to find their way out of that inheritance. And they never did. Because they didn't understand that they were the oppressor. But that that is a system that is operating. And no spirituality will transcend that. Unless you actually see it, face it, and go, oh, that's what's actually going on. It's that simple. And it's the hardest thing to see. And then the ones that are fully embracing it and are working it to death, um, you know, they just will reap the reward of that, which is essentially a sad, lonely, pathetic death. You know, I mean, that's just the where that goes. No matter whatever peak you hit, you're going to come all the way the fuck down um, because it doesn't go anywhere because you're not creating community. You don't have anything real. You just have some money and some power and some fucking people who are putting up with it for some period of time because they think it's in their best interest. It's it, There's nothing there. There never is. And um, that's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. The winners aren't winning either. That's the right. thing. It's not just the right. revolutionaries yeah. who aren't winning. Nobody Nobody's is winning, winning this game. No. There is no winning. This is absolutely a, a, a total... Uh, fabricate like it's just a cycle of endless suffering it really is there's nothing 
Um, and uh, that's why I think they they know, but they don't know. To come back oh, all absolutely. the way around to that, it's like because absolutely. there's just all these personality types because they're very much we are. It's it's so oh my god, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the the last freaking episode. <laughs> I just I keep coming back to that in my life now, like the last ten years or so. Um, did you watch that show? You know that show, the new one or the old, the, the one? new one. The new one. Okay, I did, but it's been a while, so. As it ends, I mean, spoiler alert, 20 years later. Um, it, when it ends, it's, they, they go like 3,000 years or something into the future. And it's the same two people talking about the same thing of like, you think it's going to happen the same way this time? It's the two robots that have survived like right. forever. Right. That, I see it so clearly around us. Like, there are people humans are in a in a certain box like we're like little action figures like there's people that i mean we look alike we act we have the same there's the same set of looks there's the same set of personalities and it's all repetitive because if you look at this like especially in the dating culture like you know there's just that same kind of bob and jane there's just there's they're there there's like multitudes of them much like you know Battlestar Galactica robots it's like they just made these 12 versions of people we have just a few more of those and that it's so true Um, because you can dress us up and cut our hair and change our colors and glasses and everything but when you just like get to the bare minimum it's like wow those people that human looks a lot like that other human and especially action-wise, that human acts a lot like these other humans act. So while they might know they're sociopaths and they might be diabolical in some way, they're still they they got into that in some way that allowed them to be okay with it. Because like we can't do that, we just literally can't package ourselves like that. So we're made this way; they're made that way. Am I making any sense? You're totally making sense. What's so funny is one, I have a doppelganger and she was my best friend. That's that's the word. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So when I was about 20, I met my doppelganger. She lived in the same county as me and everybody thought we were twins and we were best friends. And uh, so that was my thing. And her name was Dee. Oh, (laughs) imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so that was the thing and, um, haven't spoken in many years, but we, we spent a lot of time together a long time ago in a different life. And, uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience. And, um, the other thing was I went to the FedEx yesterday to ship off a piece of artwork and the guy there was just so excited about my name. And this was a new one for me because I'm like, I'm dealing with my name all the time. I have to spell it. I have to explain it. Blah, blah, blah. This guy was different. He's like, I am a FedEx guy. I see names <laughs> every day, all day long. I see Bob and John and George, blah, blah, right? I have never, I have never seen your name. He was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> that is a and unique excitement. Yes. <laughs> perspective because people comment on my name a lot and i'm used to it but this was like wow 
that was like really special to him to have that experience with somebody coming in with a truly original name. Well, it's really strange to find something when you see these same things. Like it must be that way for a doctor or something that sees a lot of patients and it's like same bodies, same problems. Everybody has the flu at the same time. Everybody acting the same way. It's like, and then you get somebody who's like got something you never saw before, and it's like, oh, that's that's gross and interesting at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm like feeling a whole different era of like leaning in to my situation because you know it's it's hard when you're young and everybody is like casting all these judgments on you and like you're so weird and you say all this shit and you've got this weird name and like not that people weren't ever complimentary but but it's kind of intense it's kind of a lot to try to like hold and try to understand and just say well i don't know i was just born into this i it's not like i made all this up you know i'm just here trying to live out my own condition and um yeah it's been a very trippy thing and, and a lot of very difficult things and now we're coming out of this pandemic phase and it's like oh now do we have to start acting like we think this is real again because i was sort of not really there and I'm starting to feel like I'm really just leaning into myself a lot more at this point where I'm just kind of like, you know, <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I really don't need to have an identity relative to this. I got my own thing going on. I've spent my whole life developing it. This is what I'm doing. I used to keep that secret. Mm. I had my own thing going on that was secret. Uh, okay. And then I had the like right. public facing persona. Yes. You can't know what exactly. I'm doing. Because yes. I have to take my work back underground to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. Right. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> And I tried to go public, and then it was like, ooh, I don't know about that. We're not, no, no, we're not ready for that. That's not going well. And so now it's kind of like public, private, whatever. Nobody cares. I don't care. Whatever. Yes. Well, and they don't uh, really so care, or they shouldn't care. Um, but that, and that was my revelation: was I brought the artist out into the sunlight, and uh, <laughs> you know what? It burns. No. <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> but but with the bleached hair and the long hair and the whatever, you know, just the looks the different and the glitter and all the other things and and people respected that because it is almost like war paint in a way of the way that we display ourselves um that is different than anybody else uh, or or it seems that way cuz in reality we also are our own Cylon robots. We're, we're the weirdo artist robots, doppelgangers. And so, so we, we have a sameness amongst ourselves as well. It just happens to be not as prevalent out there in the world. So we look different. But then I'd show them a painting, a norm, norm, the normal people out in the world, and show them a painting or show them a, a poem or something, and they're like, well, whatever, what? Or like when I gather my, a friend that I've made a good friend with and I'm like, I need to tell you something. And it's like I'm coming out of the closet. But instead, I'm just like, I'm an artist. 
And they're like, so? And I'm like, but look, look, look at all the things they do. And they're like, so? Like, aren't you horrified that now you know I'm an artist? <laughs> and they don't care. Because, first of all, they've got their own shit to worry about. And it's not like I'm swinging from the rafters. And I don't know if that's even a big deal. So, <laughs> Well, that's the question is like, what is, you know, we've kind of come through all these different phases. You know, I was born at the end of the 70s. Like I had, I remember I was at the end of the 70s. I still remember the 70s. Yes. Then it was the 80s. And let me tell you, that 1980 flipped a switch, mm. a very big switch. And if you've only experienced the 80s onward, mm. that is a very specific thing. Yeah, it is. That, that was me. Uh, so that's all I've got is so early the, 80s. Yes, yes. Reagan babies. Reagan. Oh, oh, my God. God. This, oh, God, I'm a Reagan baby. Oh, no. <laughs> the difference, really. I mean, the 70s mm. had plenty of problems, right. but there was this very palpable like whole oh, the hammer just fucking mm. fell and coming up in the 80s in the 90s into the aughts the whole thing and watching all of this stuff happen and all of the layers of identity that comes with that and you know, there was like a thriving underground in the 80s, but that was in response to the fact that the mainstream was so brutal. I mean, so absolute. And then the 90s, it was sort of this weird, we're pretending it's not that, but it was still totally that. And um, so I definitely grew up very accustomed to having to micromanage so many different existences and I absolutely have experienced losses and Sabbath, you know, for showing myself. That's not just an imaginary That's thing. True. true. That actually and absolutely happened. I think that is I think why that... I, I reacted the way I did, because in the eighties and nineties that was a oh my God, you need to hide this forever. They're gonna kill there... you. There are real consequences. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I can't tell what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now, while there is a lot of horrible stuff happening, it is not quite the same. No. It just isn't. The consequences are not the same. I can say the same exact things that I used to, and the reactions from people are different. Yes. Um, so... It is a little bit, I think, for those of us who have been conditioned to have to kind of like play this whole song and dance, we're crawling out from under the rock just like, oh, you mean I can show myself here and I can say who I am in these circumstances and that's not going to be a problem? Are you sure? Um, that was what changed was in the... like. 1997 to 99 it was like i realized who i was and then hid or separated like you said separated your artist and art from that other person and i just that's that's when you make that decision and then your adult person becomes a different person so then 15 years goes by i was just busy doing that 
I never said I never put them together, and then I come upon twenty twenty something, and oh, just come out. Oh, okay, cool, great, not a big deal. Not gonna get killed. Okay, great. Right. Fantastic. Well, I used to tell that to my brother, who is like eleven years younger than me. You know, he's walking around just like however he wants, and I'm like, you don't understand. Like, you would get beat. Mm-hmm. You had to be really careful. You couldn't just walk around just like woohoo. Like I can do whatever I want. Like you, you had to be aware. You had to be woke, man. <laughs> you had to be aware of your surroundings. And you had to be, um, and you had to be aware. I mean, that's all there is to it. And you still do. Um, But it's a little different. Um, And it is confusing. Um, And I think there's been a lot of positive change, but there's also been, like you say, like, it's not 100%. And we do have to find that balance, um, such as it is. Well, I keep a... I keep the Facebook the way I do is um, because it's the only thing that I'm seeing is like a stream of actual honest people because they're probably all have hidden profiles just like that, just like mine is currently. Uh, so they like actually use it as, as a little micro journal and I get to see like people across the country and around the world, like their view, and this comes into that, the micro culture sort of, uh, like last night, I saw somebody posted basically like, it's the end of the world, and like we're in a fascist country, and the Nazis have taken over, and they're going to be hung. And but like, this is a person then also living their lives as their authentic selves, and they're leaving the house looking the way they want to look. And that just strikes me as like interesting because in the 80s and 90s. We could have believed that, but we couldn't have left the house in a dress. But now you believe that and you can leave the house looking like you. And that's why I made my post about we actually have come so far. And like when you put it statistically, factually. Yeah. We we are we have many pronouns. We have many genders. We're allowed to be our authentic selves to a point and in most places. Statistically, it makes sense, but of course, there's always that fear and the emotion around it, and the bigots and the horrible people that still hold us down. But so much has changed, but yet some people don't think so. It's so weird because I feel like, you know, obviously everybody's mileage varies in terms of what they've experienced, but um. For some reason, what you're saying comes to mind is like I gave somebody a ride to Lompoc once. Okay, <laughs> so that's how there's, there's the chapter title: A Ride to Lompoc. I gave Lompoc. this guy a ride to Lompoc. So Lompoc is north of Santa Barbara, and it's just like you know some kind of nowhere place in like the Santa Maria area. And if you don't know Southern California, that's just what it is. But it's just kind of nowhere north of Santa Barbara. It's just a town, and um. So I gave this guy a ride to Lompoc and I get out, I need some gas. And I, at the time, drove my Volkswagen van. So I'm driving my my 86 Westphalia Volkswagen van and I am who I am, which is perceived by different people to be different things. But, you know, generally I am Hispanic, Latina, woman, little punk, a little hippie. That's who I am, right? This is a long time ago. It's like 15 years ago. So I'm younger too. 
probably wearing like combat boots or whatever. So I pull up to the gas station, I hop out and my whatever, and I go in the gas station to pay for my gas and I come out and I've traveled the whole fucking country in my van, you know? And the guy is like, wow, you just like, don't even like care, do you? And I'm like, what? Cause like, there's a bunch of like white biker dudes, like at the fucking gas station. And I'm just like, what cracked me up is this guy seemed to think that I should have been intimidated by my environment. Right. Yep. I'm like, you have no idea. I've been dealing with people with swastika tattoos my entire fucking life. Okay. Uh, but like, it was just funny to me, his perception as, as a totally different demographic exactly. of me walking in the world as if I belonged there was just strange to him. That I pulled up into this Lompoc gas station with all these Harley riding white dudes, didn't give a fuck. I got my fucking van, I gotta go in the gas station, pay for my gas, loaded up my gas, get on down the road. What do you want? Like, this is my life. I live like this every day. You think Ventura is any different? Those people just like skinheads <laughs> everywhere, everywhere, all the time. You think I don't have to deal with white power like every fucking day of my life? Are you kidding me? Um, so it's just funny, though, that he, as a very white cis man, was just astonished at my bravado yes. walking around Lompoc as if I wasn't <laughs> having to fear about being kidnapped and raped apparently um anyway exactly that's uh, <laughs> I'm just like I yeah, it's, it's, I yeah this is how I live yeah. I mean what do you want uh, and it is like striking for those people that I mean he, he lived in a bubble that's where what he just thought and also reminds me this last year i've never heard more people tell me or ask me and not in a sarcastic way and not in a mean way but literally i have had several people say who do you think you are oh <laughs> <laughs> and i've never heard that before in an in an actual like like i'll show them pictures i've taken or poses that i've done and they're like who do you think you are that you like, I think I'm a celebrity and I, in my head I am. Uh, but like, they look at it like, wow, they would never dare post themselves looking a certain way or, uh, you know, like artistic, like downtown artistic photos of me just being kind of artsy and, and severe looking. Well, that's why I'm like, what was I supposed to apologize? Like, pull way into the... the, What am I supposed to change about myself? This is me, and I'm in this van, and I'm in Lompoc. You asked me to drive you to Lompoc. So what exactly am I supposed to be doing here to change change before you go in? Am I supposed to make these hard... You think these... Like, am I... I don't know. I mean, I always like when I traveled in my van, I had a baseball bat and a pit bull and I had my steel toe combat boots and I carry a knife. What do you want? This is the world I live in. It's not new. It's been this way my whole life. So I'm not like all of a sudden freaked out that I'm Latina in California. Like, I mean, if I go, oh, 
we shouldn't go down this name. But you know what? I'm not welcome <laughs> in any neighborhood, okay? Because right. I'm mixed. I am too white for them and I am too not white for them. Nobody likes me. Mm. Like I don't belong anywhere. Right. So you think I give a fuck if people don't like me? Uh, this is what I'm expecting. This is where my whole sense of self comes from. I expect you not to like me. So I do all this shit for me. Amen. For me. Exactly. Exactly. I dress this way for myself. Yes. I walk around like I belong here for myself because I don't need you fucking with me. Right. Because I expect that. I expect to be rejected. I expect to not belong to any group. I expect to have to fight harder for everything. I expect to be disliked for no fucking reason. That is my experience. That speaks to me deeply. (laughs) (laughs) You just you you just said exactly like exactly. So I'm like, if people think I'm cool and likable, I'm like, well, that's nice, but that's not like my formative experience. I am not expecting to have people open the door. So I open my own fucking door. I guess that is my answer too of, well, that is who I think I am. Because as a little kid, I said, I'm fabulous and I'm going to be famous and Madonna. And nobody uh, apparently believed that, but so I'm just going to do that. I'm going to be fabulous and I'm going to be a unicorn, you know, so whatever. I'm exactly. Not, just because I didn't get the uh, public recognition to do so doesn't mean I can't do so and can't not be that all. person. Yeah. And and going back to Longpock, I would say that <laughs> this is why Linda Hamilton never going back to Longpock. Yeah, never, never. Uh Linda Hamilton in Terminator, total role model cuz like badass yeah. woman with all the guns just living her best life while the world is crumbling. That's my that's my girl. Well, you know that um my print from my last show Storm on the Horizon mm-hmm. that's named for her. Oh, I love it. Because that's the end of yes, the Terminator. You're right, you're right. There's a storm yeah. coming. That's that's what that image is for. Is for yeah. her seeing, being know. her, and so, seeing the world that she has to live in. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, one hundred percent. And it's like, yeah. Do you want to live like that? Yeah. Do you want to see the world yeah. that you have to live in? Because she saw that was the whole point of that movie. You know, she saw the. She saw the world that she had to live in and there was no more fantasy and, um, that really does wrap it all up right there. It is. So true. It is. You gotta be willing to, to ride the storm. That's all there is to it. And it is kind of like the, the moral to the story or uh, our stories. It's like, yeah, we've, it is painful and it sucked and, been a long road but like we love it we love this like you know you've we're I, i'm appreciating everything that i am and where i am well i think you I hit am. the nail on the head though is we love yes. we've, re- we've yes. reclaimed that true. for ourselves so true 
And you can do that. So if, if anybody's wondering, you can do that whilst the world is crumbling. You can. Yes. Even if, <laughs> even if you're Linda Hamilton with Terminators after you. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially. Absolutely. Well, we've come to another. It was quite the surreal Saturday. For quite real. the surreal for Saturday. Reals. <laughs> Hopefully everyone already is aware of your fabulous art that they should be purchasing and hanging on their walls. But if not, com is where you go. And the artistd.com is where you go to find I don't know what the fuck right now. So. <laughs> he just is. I just am. Just are. That's who do, all. Who do I think I am? Who do you think you are? <laughs> So until next time, anything to add? Anything to close us with? I think I think we wrapped that up. I think, I think we, we did. did. I think so. Yeah. That made yeah. made the point. We made the point. The point is made. The point has been made. Please take that point and go with it. Go forth and be careful about your revolutions. Be careful about your revolutions. Until next time. <laughs> Bye.